Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Joy is very different than happiness. Joy is inner. Happiness is outer. Happiness is outward. Joy is inward. And one of the things that I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is that you can experience the joy of the Lord no matter what is happening in the Lord. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of First Thessalonians. In our culture, people often confuse joy and happiness. Sometimes we interchange them or muddle them together, but they are two very different responses. As Pastor J.D. explains in his message today, joy is from within and comes only from knowing Jesus Christ. No matter your circumstances, inner joy remains. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Thessalonians as he begins his message, Three Life-Changing Verses. Let's get into the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and our text is going to be verses 16 through 18. We made it through to verse 15 last week, so follow along as I read. We have three verses. Basically, it's one sentence, (laughs) but three verses. Verse 16, Paul writing by the Holy Spirit says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Should we just close in prayer? So the title that I chose for today's sermon is Three Life-Changing Verses. You like that? How cliche is that? Life-Changing Verses. Really, Pastor, that's the best you can come up with? Yeah. I realize it does sound somewhat cliche, but the truth is, these three verses, if applied, can change our lives in a powerful way. And I mean in a powerful way. I'll take it a step further and say, that not only can these three verses change how we live our life, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for our life. You want to know what God's will is? One of the most often asked questions I get as a pastor is, how do I know what God's will is for my life? Oh, right here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, these three verses. This is the will of God, that we rejoice always, pray continually, and always give thanks. And that's what I want to talk about today. 
These three life-changing verses have been referred to as principles for the inner life, standing orders of the Christian church, and my favorite, diamond drops of the Christian experience in its higher levels. So packed, so full in just three verses. And so what I would like to do, if you'll kindly indulge me, is look at these three verses, and in so doing, allow the Holy Spirit to minister the truth of the powerful change that can come in our lives by way of these three verses. Let's start with this first one, verse 16. It's that of being, and I chose to say it this way for a reason, relentlessly joyful, relentlessly joyful, an unrelenting joy. It's important to understand that the Christians in Thessalonica were suffering greatly under the crushing weight of unrelenting persecution. And Paul himself knew a thing or two about persecution, and here he's encouraging them to rejoice always, despite the hardship, despite the persecution despite the trials and difficulties and pain and suffering. Now the question is how? How is it possible to always rejoice no matter what? Always be joyful, relentlessly joyful, no matter what may be happening around us, or even worse yet, to us. And for the answer we need, look no further than to James chapter 1. Let me read verses 2 through 4. James writing, by the Spirit says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, (laughs) whenever you face trials of many kinds, Really? I'm to consider it pure joy when I experience trials and persecution and hardship and difficulty? Yeah. How, pray tell, am I to consider it pure joy? Oh, glad you asked. You asked, right? Because James is going to answer that for us. He says, here's how. It's because you know, I underlined those words. You might want to do the same in your Bible, because that's key. It's not you hope, you think, you wish, you believe even. No, you know, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then verse 4 is very interesting, because James says, let perseverance. That's interesting. The, for lack of a better word, insinuation is that we don't let perseverance finish its work. We fight it instead of let it 
let perseverance, when you're in that trial, when you're experiencing that hardship, let perseverance that's being produced in that hardship finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want to share with you, just personally from my own experience concerning this experiencing of joy in the midst of difficulty. One of the things that I had to realize and that God ministered to me was that joy is very different than happiness. See, happiness is based on, predicated upon things in your life going well. And by the way, the word happy comes from happenstance. And here's the thing, if I'm only happy when things are going well, well, if you're anything like me, then I'm only happy about maybe two minutes every day, if that, on a good day. Because if happiness is based on things going well in my life, then I'm not very happy. Joy is very different than happiness. Joy is inner. Happiness is outer. Happiness is outward. Joy is inward. And one of the things that I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is that you can experience the joy of the Lord no matter what is happening in the Lord. And it's in the Lord. And that joy is only available to us as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ. And it ties in with this second one in verse 17. And it's that of being continually prayerful. Question. Hear me out. What if I told you that this verse, verse 17, could so radically change your prayer life, would you want to know how? Well, I'm going to answer. (laughs) What are you going to say? No, I don't really want to know how. I don't think there's a one of us that doesn't want to know how we can have a better prayer life. Right? The answer to how is that in order to pray continually, prayer must change from the complication of an activity to the simplification of an attitude. Let me say the same thing again. We have complicated prayer, haven't we? Oh my goodness, I I remember a time not so long ago when, man, I just, you know, I I prayed, God, I want to be a man of prayer. So I went out and bought all these books on prayer. One of the, nothing wrong with that. One of the books by E.M. Bounds, I mean, it was so voluminous. It's just, it's just so thick. I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I got to, I got to read this book on prayer so I can, you know, have a better prayer life, because I want to I want to have a better prayer life. And the Holy Spirit, as 
only the Lord can, just in that still small voice said, what are you doing? I said, I, I mean, I'm going to read this book on prayer. And the Holy Spirit's like, you know, you could, instead of reading that book on prayer, you could just pray. The amount of time that it would take you to read this book on prayer, again, nothing wrong with that, but the amount of time it would take you to read this book on prayer, oh my goodness, you could just pray. And oh, by the way, you know how simple it is to pray? You know what prayer is? It's talking to God. Reminds me of a story many years ago, I heard it on the mainland. This uh, couple, the wife comes to the husband and says, honey, we need to pray. To which the husband says, is it that bad? Like prayer's the last resort instead of the first response. Now the wife in this case, as is often the case, is the spiritual leader when it comes to prayer. And guys, shame on us. That should never be. Our wives should never come to us and say, hey honey, we need to pray. No, it should be the other way around. The husband needs to say to the wife, as a spiritual leader, we need to pray. So the wife says, I'll start. And so she starts in on this prayer. Omnipotent God, creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Reverb, King James, I mean all of the above. And she's going on, this, this eloquent, I mean, it was just magnificent. So she's done. The husband's like, oh my goodness, it's my turn now. So he, he prays like this. He says, um, God, I don't know what she just said, <laughs> but could you? And he just talked to God. Just talk to God. I know it's a dorky illustration, but I have the gift of dorky. So, you know, we, our phones, right? The earpiece and the microphone, that's what prayer is. So the microphone is us talking to God, and the earphone is God talking to us through His Word. It's been said that prayer is not necessarily a monologue as much as it is a dialogue. So what really helped me and so radically changed my prayer life was realizing that I had so complicated prayer, I had made it an activity, and in so doing it became a chore. It was a got to, not a get to. And it wasn't until I realized, wait a minute, stop. (laughs) It's not an activity, it's an attitude. An attitude of prayer. You'll forgive the play on words, but Jesus taught the be attitudes, not the do attitudes. In other words, it's this attitude of prayer. Let me define attitude. I actually went online and because when I say the word attitude, what comes to your mind? I know what came to my mind. Man, they got attitude. (laughs) That's not the attitude I'm talking about here, okay? Attitude can be defined as a settled way of thinking. 
a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior, not behavior, behavior. It's a settled way of thinking. Now, if you can take prayer out of the arena of an activity and put it under the arena and umbrella of an attitude, that changes everything. (laughs) So now I can pray all the time. Like when I go to Costco and need a parking spot. So now I'm, I'm praying continually with my eyes open, in the car, in traffic, for patience, and love, and kindness, and long-suffering <laughs> on the H1 at five o'clock. I can, I can talk with the Lord all the time. One time I was in my office, in my home office, and I just, I don't know if it's a kinesthetic thing, I hope I'm saying that right, where you kind of have to be moving and, and you know, talking. And, and so my best prayer time with the Lord is when I'm just walking and talking and saying, you know, Lord, and oh yeah, that's right, Lord, and oh, thank you, Lord, and oh, thanks you for reminding me. Oh, that's so good, Lord. Oh, I love you so much, Lord. And I'm talking out loud. And then my daughter comes up and she says, are you talking to yourself? <laughs> said, no. And don't do that in public, by the way, because they'll, uh, <laughs> they'll take you someplace. I can just talk to him all the time. And I don't even have to do it out loud. I can, he can read my mind. There have been times when, I, when I'm in a situation, and it's kind of an intense situation, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And so I'll say, Lord, I know you can read my mind right now. I really need some help. I need your wisdom. I need you to know what to say, what to do. I mean, I'm talking to him all the time. That is praying continually. It's as one said it, you're in constant conscious communion with God. Communion, communication, You're constantly talking with Him, and He's constantly talking to you. That's what praying continually is. I want to, how do I say this without sounding too, uh, I don't want to get in your face. Just saying that probably got in your face, but um, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Approach your prayer life differently, starting today. And don't see it as, I need to pray. I need to pray. Well, that's true. You need to pray. But I truly believe that God wants us to get to that place where we can't wait to pray. I remember one night a while back, I um, I was so tired. I was just beat tired. And I I knew I was getting ready to fall asleep, and I just said, Lord, you know, um, I can't wait till tomorrow. I'm so tired right now. I can't wait till tomorrow morning, and uh, so I can talk to you again. I thought, wow, wow. I, 
I wish I would have known this when I was a younger Christian. You know, I always know that I've made a really good decision when my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner. And it is deliberate, by the way. This, this thing we call prayer, this talking with God, that's what prayer is. It has to be deliberate. And the challenge I want to challenge you with is see your prayer life as an attitude of prayer and not an activity of prayer. And watch what's going to happen. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it will change your life. You'll never want to look back. What is the mark of a great relationship when there's good communication? I was like, Lord, we, we have such a great relationship because we communicate all the time. I, I, I talk to him all the time. And I can't imagine my life without being able to do that. I mean, let's be honest. There are certain life situations that are such that, I mean, what are you going to do? Aren't you so glad? You know, we'll say it like this. What, what do non-Christians do? Oh, I'll tell you what they do. You know what they do. They go to the bottle, the bottle of pills or the bottle of alcohol. They'll go to something or someone. I mean, what would we do if we didn't have the Lord? The Apostle Paul echoes what he writes here to the Thessalonians in Romans chapter 12. Great chapter, by the way. Ah, the whole book of Romans, actually. <laughs> Romans 12, 12. Easy uh, verse to remember. Listen to what Paul says. Be, not do, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The big three, if you will. Which brings us to our third one in verse 18, and it's to be constantly thankful, relentlessly joyful, continually prayerful, and constantly thankful. They go together. It's a three-pronged proposition, if I can say it like that. Now, it's important to notice what Paul is not saying here. He does not say, give thanks for all circumstances. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. Well, why is that important? Because we don't thank God for everything. Thank you, God, for this broken arm, this flat tire. No. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in 1 Thessalonians, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join Pastor J.D. next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.